Fantasy Gods Weekly Fantasy Football Podcast. Helping you get to the fantasy promised land. Big Lads, Dave G, and Oakski. All right, it's your boys at the Fantasy Football Gods coming to you with our wide receiver preseason rankings as we're heading into draft season it's myself dave g and we got oakski here today no big lens oakski how you doing buddy i'm good i'm glad i got to hear your guys uh, running back insight and, and not have to give up any of my sleepers so uh i guess uh, nick will have the same advantage on on wide receivers and we're going in knowing exactly what you're doing come draft season yeah it looks like you've been working real hard at your uh, internet connection over there good job so we're going to be taking you through all the wide receivers today, uh, going tier by tier. We got about what here, uh, 74 wide receivers that we want to discuss with you today. So uh, remember, tweet us at Gods of Fantasy if you have any questions about this guy or this guy, who to start in your lineup. And just reminder, we are always talking PPR format. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of slot receivers ranked up a little higher than uh, you know some outside guys maybe in this ranking, but... Just a quick reminder, we're talking PPR, so let's kick it off. Got the first tier here. Number one overall, Antonio Brown. The guy's got the most uh, PPR fantasy points amongst wide receivers since 2014, over 1,000. Um, he's just very consistent, never has injury issues, never has off-the-field issues. Uh, he might only have a year or two left with Big Ben, so draft him now with a lot of confidence, uh, but he should be the first wide receiver overall taken. Number two, um, and this ends our first tier, is uh, Julio Jones. Uh, so he was the number six overall wide receiver uh, last year. But again, he's going to be the focal point of the Falcons offense. Injuries are always kind of a concern with him. Uh, they usually keep him out like two to six games a year, it seems like, on average. Um, but it's just really hard to ignore his ta uh, that talent and the volume that he receives in that offense. So kicking off our second tier here, and here's a guy that I feel like uh, – I, I, we have ranked a little bit higher than most other people is number three overall, A.J. Green. Uh, I think A.J. Green will be a top three receiver this year if he could stay healthy. Uh, and That's a big if because he really hasn't been healthy. His durability has been a big question mark in the past. Um, but when he is on the field, he absolutely tears it up. He is the focal point of that offense when he's on the field. So I think if A.J. Green stays healthy, uh, he's definitely a top three receiver this year. Number four, I got Odell Beckham. The man's a freak of nature. I've everyone seen that video clip of uh, that catch he made at practice the other day is pretty unbelievable. Um, he's what I feel like is the most talented wide receiver in the NFL. Um, but the addition of Brandon Marshall, drafting Evan Ingram in the first round, it kind of drops him down a couple spots, and that's why I put him fourth overall instead of second or third. Um, so coming in at number five and rounding out the second tier here is Mike Evans, another freak of nature. Uh, he was a number three overall wide receiver last year. Um, and I, I really think the addition of Deshaun Jackson doesn't hurt him. I actually think it's 
think that it helps him because they're two very different receivers. Um, Deshaun Jackson, no matter what, will command the respect of the safeties and, and open up the defense a little bit for Mike Evans underneath. So I do like uh, the addition of Deshaun Jackson and O.J. Howard there uh, to help Mike Evans out. Agreed. Uh, I, I totally agree with, with the rankings here, other than I would flip-flop A.J. and Odell personally. <clears throat> um, not a huge Mike Evans fan. Uh, it's burned me in the past. I do like the next two guys that we're going to cover over Mike Evans going into this year. <clears throat> so uh, I would go Brown, Jones, Beckham, Green, and our number six. And the first guy in, in the consensus second tier is Jordy Nelson. Uh, like Jordy Nelson, ahead of Mike Evans this year. Uh, you know, coming off of an ACL injury all of last year, very consistent, you know, seems to, to get, you know, have 50 to 60 yards minimum. He's good for eight to nine touchdowns every single year. Uh, he's always good for one of those multi-touchdown games as well. Uh, and then another guy who, you know, burst onto the scene last year and has now been given the reins from a wide receiver perspective, Michael Thomas, I would also put personally ahead of Mike Evans. Uh, that one's a little bit more of a stretch, and he hasn't proven that he can be an elite wide receiver yet. But uh, out, out of the shadow of Brandon Cooks, uh, with obviously Drew Brees throwing the ball sometimes 50, 60 times a game, <clears throat> Michael Thomas seems seems that he will get the lion's share of, of those receptions there. No real tight end threat. Uh, Willie Sneed, Ted Ginn, nothing to, to write home about there. So I think Michael Thomas is going to have a huge year. Uh, on to number eight out in Seattle, Doug Baldwin. Kind of an under-the-radar guy in the top ten. Doesn't get much respect from a wide receiver perspective. Uh, he has huge games. He was number eight overall last year. Uh, you know, obviously he's pretty quarterback dependent uh, with, with Russell Wilson, but uh, they obviously have good chemistry. So uh, Doug Baldwin probably continues. Number nine, Des Bryant throwing up the X. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think Des is, Des is like a, a poor man, Julio Jones. Uh, if he stays healthy, he can have a great year. Obviously he's got, you know, some of the, the Odell Beckham temper tantrum type stuff going on as well. But, I think the Ezekiel Elliott suspension helps him uh, weeks one through six. They're going to have to pass the ball a bit more. Uh, they're talking running back by committee there, so I think they're going to rely a little bit more on the pass in those early weeks. So uh, you could get lucky with Dads early on, and then they may stray more towards the run when you really need him in the playoffs. And then rounding out the top ten, uh, the main guy in Oakland, Amari Cooper, part of a, a huge passing attack last year with Derek Carr. And uh, Michael Crabtree as well. They uh, they brought in Marshawn Lynch, lost Latavius Murray. Uh, you know, definitely an upgrade at running back, but I still think they intend to throw the ball. They made Derek Carr, I believe, the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, uh, which is which is crazy to to hear that come out of my mouth when you think about some of the other quarterbacks in the league. But uh, that's how it's gone now. So that rounds out the top ten. Dave, any comments on those? No, uh, I think you covered them all uh, perfectly. I think these are guys that you could feel really comfortable with going into your year as wide receiver ones. Um, and then the last guy in this tier is number 11 with T.Y. Hilton. And I think, again, these top 11 guys, I feel like all these guys could definitely be – They almost as long as they're all healthy, I feel like they're, they're locks to be wide receiver ones. Uh, so T.Y., speaking to him, number five overall wide receiver last year. He actually was – the uh, NFL receiving yards leader, um, but the uncertainty of Andrew Luck's availability kind of makes him drop down a few spots, and he's also been injured in the past. 
himself. So uh, a couple question marks there. Just kind of proceed with caution with him. He definitely rebounded last year and showed that he still has the talent. And if he could stay healthy, he's awesome. Um, but a couple question marks there. So moving into our next tier, number 12, I got DeAndre Hopkins. And again, more question marks. Uh, he killed his fantasy owners last year, but it was really mostly all due to Brock Osweiler. So hopefully, I don't feel good with Tom Savage. I feel, I'd feel much better with uh, Deshaun Watson playing, obviously, as would every Houston Texan fan. But uh, I feel like by at some point soon, Deshaun Watson will be named the starter, and that should help utilize Hopkins to his full ability. So I feel like he should have a rebound year. Number 13, uh, the new man in New England, Brandon Cooks. Uh, his usage will be a question mark because it's the Patriots and it's Belichick and you just never know what they're going to do. But at the same time, Bill Belichick wouldn't give up a first round pick um, and not utilize his player. Um, he has potential to be a top three wide receiver, top five wide receiver. Um, if he's utilized correctly with Tom Brady throwing him the ball a bunch, he could have a Randy Moss type year when not to sit, not to compare talents, but you know when the Patriots traded for Randy Moss back in the day, they had big plans for him. So they might have something up their sleeve with Brandon Cooks as well. So at number fourteen, we got Keenan Allen, one of my personal favorites here. Uh, he's back after tearing his ACL, and it was either week one or week two. It was very early in the season. Uh, broke my heart last year when I drafted him in the second round, but he has been a PPR god in the past, and he will continue to be as long as he could bounce back from his injury, which he's obviously had a lot of time to recover from. Um, Mike Williams, their first round pick is out until October, so that definitely boosts his value a little bit. Um, there's question marks if Mike Williams would take some of Keenan Allen's targets. Not going to happen, at least until October, so I uh, wouldn't worry about that. Number 15, you got Demaryius Thomas from the Broncos. Um, his stocks dropped a little bit because of his poor quarterback play, um, but he's still a reception machine, and he still is a really good red zone threat, and he's probably their number one red zone threat. So um, they run a lot of bubble screens with Demaryius Thomas. Uh, he does get a lot of targets, so I, I still like him You know, looking like a wide receiver one this year. Yeah, I, I, you know, I agree here. Uh, T.Y. Helton falls down my rankings pretty far. Uh, you know, he was at number 11 uh, on the list here. I like Cooks and Keenan Allen ahead of T.Y. Hilton this year. Um, you know, obviously a lot of that depends on Andrew Luck, but it's looking more negative than positive at this point for him, at least for the first few weeks. Um, and I don't even know who the backup quarterback is in Indy, maybe Curtis Painter. <laughs> oh, um, <clears throat> but anyway, yeah. Demarius Thomas, I think, is a, is a little undervalued as well. You have to think that there's going to be a step up in quarterback play, whether it's, you know, Simeon finding a, a bit more of a rhythm or the Broncos see enough in Paxton Lynch. Uh, so I like Demarius Thomas this year as, you know, a, a sleeper as much as they can be at, at 15, but I think there's some good value there. Uh, there's there's a few of these guys that you know I pass on and and once we get into this next tier here uh, that I like a little bit better if you, if you can wait on them and, and stack a few of these guys as opposed to grabbing one of these sort of third fourth tier wide receivers. Uh, Sixteen, we got Allen Robinson, a huge huge disappointment last year. Yeah, really, I mean he was a huge disappointment and garbage time saved him. Uh, so, you know, without Blake Bortles slinging the ball around in the fourth quarter, he would have had just an abysmal year. Uh, there, he does have to regress back to his mean. I think Blake Bortles is probably not long there. If he's not successful, uh, maybe by week four he's out. Chad Henney, that is the quarterback, the backup is there? I have no idea. Yeah, maybe Henney. Yeah, Chad Henney actually has 
has played well uh, at certain points in relief of Blake Bortles. <clears throat> so I think the, the leash will be pretty short on Bortles this year. Uh, so I think Allen Robinson has a better year. Terrell Pryor, a huge free agent signing for the Washington Redskins. Guy did not even play wide receiver coming out of college and burst onto the scene with the Cleveland Browns of all teams, which is probably the hardest team to burst onto the scene for as a wide receiver. Uh, He ended up getting paid. Kirk Cousins on a franchise tag year playing for a contract. I love Terrell Pryor this year. Dave's darling at number 18, Tyreek Hill, Kansas City Chiefs. I am completely staying away from Tyreek Hill. I think this is the overdraft of the year. Dave and I will have a a nice debate here on this, but he is Taylor Gabriel, in my opinion. He got lucky with punt return touchdowns, some big bomb touchdowns. I don't see it being repeatable. Uh, So we'll take that one throughout the year. I'm sure it's a pretty good rivalry. Rounding out the top 20, we've got uh, two more guys here, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, another guy that, if he can stay healthy, can be a huge, huge uh, play for you in, in fantasy football. Carson went through the ball a lot last year for a rookie. I think they are going to tone it back a bit. But uh, Alshon Jeffrey does look like he's going to see a lot of targets in the red zone as well, being that big body. And then uh, rounding up the top 20, Julian Edelman, another PPR god similar to Keenan Allen. Obviously loses a little bit with uh, the incoming Brandon Cooks, but I think the chemistry that he has with Brady continues throughout the season. Uh, I think Julian Edelman has another solid season. There may be a, a slight drop-off, but they're going to throw the ball a lot there in New England, and Edelman is is surely going to get his. Yeah, I, I agree with you, except for Tyreek Hill. I mean, he knows how to run routes, where Taylor Gabriel doesn't know how to run routes, but, you know... Take the number one wide receiver in Jeremy Macklin, take him off the team, focus him as the number one wide receiver on the offense, gadget player. But, you know, why would you want a guy like that? It's all right. You, you're coming from the guy who didn't think Mike Evans was the no, number one wide receiver last year. That's all right. Number 21, you got Devontae Adams, who actually he finished up uh, number eight overall last year at, at wide receiver. So, uh, you know, Rodgers, he's launched both of his – number one and number two wide receivers into the top 10 last year. Devontae Adams should be a lock to finish top 25, even with some injury issues going on, or if Randall Cobb reemerges back from the dead. Uh, Devontae Adams is still a pretty safe pick here. Number 22, Michael Crabtree. Uh, He did have five games with single-digit points, which makes him a little bit inconsistent. Uh, He was the number 12th overall wide receiver last year, though. So he's still in for a big workload, like Oakski was saying. They're going to be throwing the ball in Oakland. Now, Marshawn Lynch doesn't mean it's it's all over for uh, Cooper and Crabtree. So I I do still like Michael Crabtree heading into this year. Number 23, old man Winters, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, He came back to life last year, finished 10th overall at wide receiver. Uh, He fell apart down the stretch a little bit, was a a little bit concerning. Um, You know, uh, Palmer was banged up, too. Uh, He still has that wide receiver one, wide receiver two ability if he could stay healthy. Uh, Moving him into the slot was really good, especially in PPR. Boosts his stock up a lot. Number 24, Golden Tate. Uh, he came on really at the end of the year. It was kind of like Marvin Jones started off hot, then he fell off the face of the earth, and then Golden Tate came on, finished 17th overall. Uh, he will be a target monster playing in the slot there. He should see similar numbers to last year. I really don't see uh, Golden Tate you know, dropping off too far from his 17th overall finish last year. And then uh, you got number 25 overall, Emmanuel Sanders. 
he was wildly inconsistent last year, um, but that was mostly due to quarterback play. Um, he'll still be a wide receiver two, wide receiver three type uh, of player. And that's kind of like the guys that we're getting into now is wide receiver one-ish, two guys. They're pretty much wide receiver two with a good upside. Um, or they have some injury issues or off-the-field issues. So those are the kind of guys you're going to start seeing in this area as we get uh, down to number 26 here. Ogski, you got anything on these top 25s? Yeah, you know, I was going to agree with you there. I think after Golden Tate here, or top 24, uh, there's there's a drop-off uh, where, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, like you said, is inconsistent. Larry Fitzgerald sort of reincarnated last year. I don't know how repeatable that is. A lot of that obviously tied to Carson Palmer's health, which – uh, he's he's pretty fragile, but they they obviously clicked last year, and um, <clears throat> I think teams are going to potentially stack the box a bit with David Johnson. So Larry Fitzgerald could see um, you know a lot more single coverage uh, than he did you know five six years ago. One thing to be aware of with Devontae Adams, he did have 12 touchdowns last year, which is is very high for a wide receiver. I don't know how repeatable that is. Uh, especially with Jordy. And then I always love my back for tight ends, Martellus Bennett coming in, uh, probably going to be a red zone target as well. So just something to keep an eye out for with Devontae Adams. This after, after Manuel Sanders going to 26, I think it, it does take a, a bit of a step down, uh, but Jarvis Landry, the Dolphins, I think Cutler coming to the Dolphins is probably an upgrade for him. Uh, Tannehill was more of a, you know, a, a short-term, or a, excuse me, a short-distance passer. Cutler can bomb the ball downfield. Now Landry is is a PPR guy, kind of that underneath wide receiver. But with Cutler's arm strength, I think uh, he picks up a, a bit of a boost with the quarterback injury. Twenty-seven. This is a guy that I have never drafted and will never draft. But, you know, there's not many teams after leaving the Bills that you can go to and, and get a worse passing situation. But uh, Sammy Watkins found a way to do that, uh, moving over to the Los Angeles Rams. You know, he could – he is going to be the guy there. If Todd Gurley can get it going, uh, you know, I think Watkins and Britt can, can do something in the passing game. Obviously, that uh, relies heavily on, on Goff taking a big step for year number two. Kenny Britt's on Cleveland. So, uh, Sammy Watkins – Ooh, you're right. <laughs> who's the yeah. number two in Who's the number two in Los Angeles? The same one as the Bills last year, Robert Woods. The old gang's back together. Jeez, wow, I'm out of the loop here. That's how much I know about the uh, Rams passing attack, <laughs> or the Browns passing attack, for that matter. True. Uh, number 28, Martavis Bryant on the Steelers. You know, Antonio Brown's number two. Antonio Brown, obviously, huge, huge PPR fantasy guy. Martavis Bryant uh, was suspended all of last season, so we'll see if he can come back. He's, you know, another wildly talented wide receiver. So it remains to be seen if, if he can come out and produce, but he's going to have an opportunity to take a big role in, in Pittsburgh. 29, Jamison Crowder out of Washington. Uh, you know, I think the Terrell Pryor pickup does help him. Deshaun Jackson won't be there to stretch the field as much. But if, uh, if Jordan Reed can stay healthy and, and kind of keep the middle occupied with, with some seams, uh, Jamison Crowder should get a fair share of targets uh, as well as, as catches and, and potentially touchdowns as well. Uh, rounding out the top 30, Stefan Diggs. He really uh, came onto the scene last year and, and was relatively inconsistent. He did have some huge games, made uh, a lot of daily players some money when they chose to play him at the right time. I do like Adam Thielen in Minnesota as well. 
the the fallback with any Viking uh, wide receiver is that Sam Bradford can't really move the ball downfield too much. Uh, it's a lot of underneath stuff. Stefan Diggs is the type of player, though, that can catch it short and take it long. So he rounds out uh, the top 30. I agree with uh, with everything you said there. Um, you know, I, I do think I, th- I think actually Cutler hurts Landry a little bit. Uh, I think actually Devontae Parker gets the boost, but it, it could definitely help both of them. It's all you know speculation at this point. Uh, you know how he connects with both of those wide receivers, but yeah, Sammy Watkins. You know, I rank him up high because of his talent, and they just traded for him, so maybe they'll try to work him in the game plan. But yeah, injury history, Rams, Jared Goff. That's something I would kind of try to stay away from this year. He's been a guy that I feel has just lived by his, his talent and, you know, has had some production and, and then gets hurt. I think it speaks volumes that the Bills didn't pick up his rookie option. Obviously, they might have been having conversations to trade him, but nevertheless, uh, never been a big Sammy Watkins guy. Agreed. Number 31, we got Willie Sneed. I know, Ogski, you weren't too high on him. I think he could be a big sleeper. You were right, Ted Ginn's pretty shitty. He's a one-trick pony, but he is the number two receiver. Uh, he can't catch the ball still. Sneed plays in the slot. He did have some sneaky good games last year. He was just very inconsistent. I think with Brandon Cooks gone, Michael Thomas assumes a number one role. I think Willie Sneed carves out a, a role in the slot in that offense, but the problem is, is they might become a run-heavy team. So um, that could limit three wide receiver sets where you would need to see Willie Sneed on the field. So he could be a big sleeper, though, in the, in the uh, Saints offense. Number 32, Brandon Marshall. Uh, so Marshall's on to his next team and next locker room that he's going to destroy. So enjoy it for the next couple of years while it puts up some solid numbers and then tears your team apart and uh, he's traded or retires. But he will see lots of targets. He will put up pretty good numbers, and uh, I, I think he has that wide receiver two uh, upside. I think he has a floor of like a wide receiver three um, as long as he's healthy, which last year was really the only year that he wasn't healthy, but no one's really healthy when you're playing for the Jets. So, Number 33, you got Deshaun Jackson. Uh, going over to Tampa really doesn't change his outlook that much. Um, he's kind of downgrading at quarterback from Kirk Cousins to Jameis Winston. Not much of a downgrade, but just a slight one. Uh, he's an aging receiver who's another one-trick pony. Uh, you know, he goes over the top. He still is afraid to go over the middle. He gets alligator arms. He still has a cap. He, you know, he had a thousand yards last year on 56 receptions. Um, he's one of those guys where if he doesn't catch a 50-yard bomb for a touchdown, he has the potential to put up three points for you. I think it's the same thing on Tampa Bay this year. Um, number 34, you got Pierre Garcon. Obviously, going over to the 49ers hurts him a lot, uh, but he could be a PPR sleeper. They could run, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan offense, pass happy offense. Could rack up a lot of catches there. There's really nobody else in San Francisco, like Jeremy Curley, maybe. Uh, really nobody else in San Francisco who they have to throw the ball to. So uh, I think Pierre Garcon could definitely have a sneaky good year and you could get some good value out of him. Number 35, you got Kelvin Benjamin. Um, he's not as fat as he thought he was. Uh, he looked pretty good in the first week of the preseason, caught a great touchdown pass, um, but he's been too inconsistent uh, to put in that wide receiver one conversation. So I think you have to put him in the wide receiver two, wide receiver three type of conversation this year. Um, and, and that rounds out the top 35. And I think right now is where you go from the wide receiver two conversation to like a wide receiver three conversation with the upside of a two. So that is these next uh, five, ten guys you're going to see right here, um, they're going to be the type of guys where, you know, maybe a flex play, maybe a guy where he's your fourth wide receiver that you draft on your team. So, um, you're still good value here, but, again, 
not the guy and the guys you want to. You don't want these next couple guys to go into the year as your number two wide receiver. Yeah, and just to, to touch back on on the five that Dave just went over, uh, I personally love Calvin Benjamin this year. I think Cam bounces back. I think Calvin bounces back. <clears throat> the, the training camp hype stories are are overrated in my opinion. Um, the one thing I was upset to hear about Willie Sneed, I, I was high on him coming into the season with the departure of Brandon Cooks, but. Yeah, Ted Ginn getting snaps as a number two receiver there was surprising to me, but I'm not Sean Payton. Uh, anyway, moving to number 36, Dante Moncrief. Uh, kind of the same story with T.Y. Hilton. You know, if Luck's healthy, he gets a big boost. I think they are going to throw the ball out there either way. Uh, they don't really have that bell cow back. Uh, Frank Gore is eventually going to uh, break down, but potentially not this year. You know, Moncrief he's he's been injury prone and I, he does have the talent but he just hasn't seemed to been seemed to been able to put it together consistently yet uh 37 number one for the bears this is awful to see as a bears fan that our top bears wide receiver is ranked all the way at 37 but uh we do have high hopes for him and i think he could have a good year uh, assuming mike glendon doesn't throw interceptions on the second play of preseason games but uh, he came on uh, strong at the end of last year. I think he, he could pick it up, and, and he's sort of playing to define himself as that number one wide receiver in Chicago. 38, Jordan Matthews, freshly traded to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he did have a little collarbone scare uh, yesterday or the day before. Uh, I don't think it's going to be too long of an injury, but Chip Sternum. he certainly knows Sammy Watkins. Sternum, not Chip, a collarbone. Shipped sternum. But, they said it could be a couple weeks. So he should be available by week one, maybe week two. I I personally wouldn't draft Jordan Matthews. Uh, there's there's guys on this list uh, before and after him that, that I would take over him, but Tyrod Taylor does have to throw the ball to somebody besides LaShawn McCoy and Charles Clay. So, uh, you know, he, he could get his there. 39 is a guy that I like a lot. I really like the San Diego offense this year. I, I, I feel like they're going to be in a lot of high-scoring games, and Phillip Rivers throws the ball a ton uh, with Tyrell Williams and Keenan Allen, uh, as well as Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates. I think those guys are, are poised for big seasons, so I like Tyrell Williams even, even higher than 39 here. Uh, 40, Corey Davis. I liken Corey Davis for some reason this year, not skill-wise, but just to the type of season I think he's going to have to like a, a Laquan Treadwell, which is terrible. But hurt his hamstring. I don't think he's going to get on the field much in Tennessee for some reason. Uh, they picked up Decker. They are intent on running the ball. Delaney Walker has a big role in that offense. You know, he may have one or two games with, with big, deep catches. That's kind of his play. But uh, I don't see much coming out of Corey Davis this year. If you're in a dynasty league, then obviously I think he, he'd be a good pickup. But I think he eases into the Tennessee offense. It seems like there's always a big question mark over rookie wide receivers. Like you said, Laquan Treadwell, Josh Doxson, kind of redshirted last year. Um, there's always seems Corey to be – Yeah, Corey. I mean, injury you can't really see. Like yeah, he had a good year though. Laquan Treadwell was healthy and they didn't play him. Josh Doxson, for the most part, was healthy and they didn't play him. Like you see a lot of these receivers, it's not like running backs, like when Zeke or Fournette come in, or they're going to be like the workhorse or they're going to be the starter. Like these wide receivers are kind of eased in. So I put Corey Davis here because he has a lot of upside. Anytime you draft a guy top ten, uh, you're going to try to get him involved in the offense that year. 
um, especially if you're, they're going to be you know putting that much money into the passing game in a top ten pick and Eric Decker, and then bringing Rashard Matthews in. Uh, I, I could see him having a pretty decent year, but I agree with you. There's question marks at any rookie wide receiver. Number 41 here, we got Kenny Britt on the Browns, Oakski. New number one wide receiver <laughs> on the Browns. Um, you know, Pryor had success in this position last year, but I, I don't look for Britt to duplicate that. He still holds value because he's going to be the number one wide receiver there, but their quarterback play is awful. Uh, it's going to be awful, so don't expect much out of the passing offense there in Cleveland. Number 42 is kind of an intriguing name. He's making a jump up the boards the last couple weeks is Nelson Aguilar. As uh, Jordan Matthews got traded, he mo- pretty much gets bumped up into the slot now. So I think you got Elshon Jeffrey starting one side. You got Torrey Smith starting on the other side, and then you got Aguilar in the slot. So I think he holds a lot of value there, especially Wentz. Uh, kind of hasn't proven it yet and where he could really – he kind of leans on his short yardage receivers in Ertz and Matthews last year who played in the slot. So I think Aguilar jumps a little bit. He kind of assumes that Jordan Matthews slot role. Then you got number 43, Mike Wallace, old man winters number 2.0. Uh, he had a great last year last uh, he had a great year last year, uh, but the addition of Macklin and Woodhead kind of takes his targets away, and I don't know. I don't see Macklin being an all-star this year, but, uh, you know, Danny Woodhead definitely could hurt him a little bit. They got, got Shard Perriman coming back. Uh, Mike Wallace, he could. I could see some regression. And number 44 here, we got John Brown, speedy, talented wide receiver uh, who just can't stay on the field. He's injured right now. Uh, he could be a great steal late as long as he's not in your early season plans. His This injury seems like it's kind of keeping him out a little bit. Bruce Arians doesn't sound too confident. Um, you know. And the other question mark is, can Carson Palmer stay healthy all year? Because that's a huge question mark, too. It's not just about John Brown's uh, health. It's about Carson Palmer. So with both of those together, John Brown, he's a boomer bust type of guy. Like He is the definition of a boomer bust this year. Uh, number 45 here, we got Randall Cobb. He fell off the face of the earth last year. We talked about him a little bit earlier, but at the bare minimum, he's Aaron Rodgers' number three wide receiver, so right there he holds a lot of value. Oakski, you got anything on these guys? Yeah, yeah, I think Nelson Aguilar is sort of one of those guys that, I mean, I feel like Eagles fans hate everyone, uh, except for maybe Carson Wentz at this point, uh, and they find reasons to complain. I think he could be sort of an under-the-radar player this year. John Brown, I uh, think is is off of my personal fantasy radar the thing that he doesn't have going for him is he has a, a clone on the cardinals and jj nelson uh, and jj nelson uh like dave said john brown is hurt right now so jj nelson is going to be getting the work in that sort of role uh in arizona <clears throat> so after randall cobb I think he obviously comes back back to earth this year uh with the packers throwing the ball a lot so i, I bump him up a bit as well Moving on to 46, uh, the Tennessee Titan that I would prefer from a wide receiver perspective, Eric Decker, brought over from the Jets. You know, I think Mariota uh, has been looking for that legitimate number one wide receiver. Uh, Eric Decker may not have many more years left, but he's a, a solid possession receiver, uh, can go up the middle as well. Number 47, Devontae Parker of the Dolphins. I, I feel like him and Landry are a bit interchangeable. Uh, on on who gets theirs from a game to game basis, but uh, you know I think I think Parker is is a solid pick there for a wide receiver three wide receiver four. Moving to forty eight, Rashard Matthews, uh, another Titan. Uh, a lot of Titans here. 
sort of stacked in the 40s. You know, if you, I wouldn't take multiple Titans this year. If you pick, if you pick one of them, you're kind of taking the gamble that he's going to be the guy that ends up establishing himself as the number one, even though he may not be the number one on the depth chart. Someone is going to be the top producer there. Uh, so I think you you, sh- you sort of throw your dart with one of them if you want to, and and see what you think. I personally would go with Decker, 49. A guy that got kind of a surprise contract, um, paid pretty well after putting together. Might have been five or six solid games last year. Uh, Adam Thielen uh, finished better than Diggs. Uh, like Dave said, he was, you know, Bradford's go-to guy, maybe third downs or uh, moving out of the pocket. So I actually like Adam Thielen a lot. I think he's going to have uh, a large number of catches, certainly more than last year with an established role throughout the season. Uh, number 50, Corey Coleman. This is a guy that was – coming on strong last year unfortunately had some hamstring problems uh he did come back from injury i believe for a few games at the end of last season looked good as well uh so i like Corey coleman a lot this year i don't think kenny Britt is a a long-term answer uh they want to develop Corey coleman to be their long-term number one their fantasy stud their wide receiver their wide receiver one so i think they they look to do that this year yeah, I agree with everything you said there. Something about Devontae Parker kind of tickles me pink a little bit. It just reminds me of Cutler, Gase, and El- and he's like that Elshon Jeffrey type of wide receiver. And I, something reminds me of that. And I just think Cutler loved throwing it up to those big receivers in the back of the end zone and let him go get it. Uh, I just I had something about Devontae Parker this year. I really do like him. Uh, number 51 here, we got Taylor Gabriel, um, the slot slash speed receiver in the Falcons' high-powered offense. Uh, he's going to be kind of like be a boomer bust every week, kind of like a Ted Ginn type player. Um, he could put up 30 points. He was like the waiver wire uh, god last year going into those last two or three weeks when people were starting to pick him up and he was having some of those big games. Um, but again, boomer bust holds a lot of value just because he's in the Falcons' offense. Um, number 52, Ted Ginn. So <laughs> like we were saying, <laughs> right, he, on right, right on cue, uh, like we were saying, he's running with the number twos on the Saints, but he still can't catch the ball. He caught, he dropped a wide open touchdown in the first preseason game, right in the back of the end zone. No one around him just drops the ball. Um, so he's going to be inconsistent, but it could pay off. It's Drew Brees. It's the deep threat. You know, think back to Robert Meacham and all those guys that Drew Brees loved throwing that deep ball to. So he holds a little bit of value there. Number 53, Marvin Jones spoke about him a little bit earlier. He's number two on the depth chart, but he fell off the face of the earth after a hot start. Just don't know how he's going to rebound. Maybe a whole nother, uh, you know, offseason with Matt Stafford could definitely, you know, have helped. So, you know, Marvin Jones might be one of those guys where, again, it's kind of like the Titans receivers. You kind of just throw a dart and hope that it works out. Um, 54, Robert Woods. He's the number two on the Rams. Oakski behind Sammy Watkins. Um, uh, you know, we, we were we were talking about our reservations with Sammy Watkins. Uh, you know, Robert Woods is a much lesser talent. I would just say no thanks to him. But, again, a number two in an offense, he could sneak out a couple touchdowns. He could get some garbage yardage. You just never know. Number 55, you got Cole Beasley. This is Oakski's boy from last year. He's the slot man in Dallas. Uh, he was really successful with Dez out, but he really didn't do too much after Dez returned. 
Um, they've been running some two tight end sets with Rico Gathers, Gathers on the field, the old basketball player. So if they start doing that, it's going to take away from three wide receiver sets, which you might see Cole Beasley less, uh, which is a little bit scary. But again, he's he's a, a a form of a security blanket for Dak Prescott. I feel like so, and he's one of those guys where he'll just like sneak snake out a fucking touchdown when you least expect him to. So he holds a little bit of value down here. And these guys are all wide receiver five, four, five type of guys. And we're gonna you know obviously bring up if we feel like a guy might be a big sleeper. Um, but these are kind of guys that are gonna fill up your bench. Oakski, you got anything on the on these last five? No, I agree with what you said on on all of them. Actually, uh, pass on Robert Woods for me. Um, you know, just thinking about the the Lions wide receivers, no Anquan Bolden there. Just, I mean, you know, Golden Tate isn't that game breaker wide receiver that you can throw a deep to. He's more of the underneath guy. Just, you know, I wonder who's going to be the the real guy there in Detroit. We'll anyway, talk, we'll talk about that uh, later. Fifty six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I got an idea as well. Uh, I was surprised to see him on the rankings here. I thought he was going to be my sleeper. Um, <clears throat> anyway, 56, uh, Richard Perriman. This is a guy that uh, two years ago was supposed to be a great wide receiver draft pick. Uh, has an opportunity in Baltimore because they don't really have a stud. You know, Macklin and Wallace are, are you know, average at best. Uh, so if Perriman impresses, you know, he'll see the field plus – for some reason, the, the Ravens continue to always throw the ball. Uh, I don't see that changing this year. 57, Josh Doxson, I, I think could have a big year. Uh, the, the wide receiver core in Washington looks a lot different. Uh, they've definitely gotten younger, getting rid of the soft Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. Uh, I think the idea here is to see if uh, these guys have chemistry with Kirk Cousins before they sign him long-term. So, uh, you know, I think Doxson and then the next guy here, Sterling Shepard, who I personally have a bet with a friend of the program with, that is going to have a better year than Brandon Marshall. So take that for what it's worth. Hmm. Uh, I think Sterling Shepard is always is for a big season. So he's 58. Uh, 59, Tyler Lockett, uh, you know, sort of under the radar, even more so than Doug Baldwin. Uh, he does have good games, uh, not super consistent, but uh, th- there's no one beyond him uh, on the Seattle Seahawks depth chart. And number 60, this is just awful that this is the number one wide receiver on a team <laughs> all the way down here at 60, but that's how watchable the New York Jets are going to be this year. Uh, whether it's Bryce Petty, Christian Hackenberg, or Josh McCown, does not matter. I want nothing to do with any Jets wide receiver this year. I couldn't even tell you who another one was on their team. That's how irrelevant they are. Jalen Marshall, and uh, that's it. That's all I know. Uh, um, you know, Quincy, if he would have been playing this season, he would have been you know up here in the, the 35 to 45 range, but... Yeah, Robbie Anderson. No thanks. Yeah, no thank you. Um, uh, yeah, my favorite player in the, the the last five guys you talked about is Josh Doxson. Um, you know, first round pick, kind of a bigger frame wide receiver. They get rid of uh, Garcon. They get rid of Jackson. Now it opens. Crowder's still going to play in the slot. Really opens up the door for Josh Doxson. So I really, really think he could have a definite a good year playing opposite of Terrell Pryor. Um, you know, they're not going to just give up on a first round pick. They got younger at wide receiver. They're going to try to feed him the ball and they do like to throw it there. Number 61 rookie this year, 
the fastest man at the combine, John Ross. Um, looking like he's he's a little banged up right now. Um, nothing that's going to hold him out of the regular season, but he should be end up being the number two wide receiver in Cincinnati. And again, rookie receivers are always a little bit scary, but you know, with that four two speed, you know, I don't know if Andy Dalton could throw the ball that far. But if he can, John Ross has the potential to burn past a couple defenses and get some long touchdowns. So he holds a lot of value, could be a sleeper, but again, don't overdraft on a rookie just because of his name and just because of where he was drafted. 62, you got Torrey Smith, number two uh, wide receiver in Philly. Not sure if he has anything left in the tank, but they pass the ball a lot there. Alshon Jeffrey's good on one side of the field. They have a good tight end in Ertz. Could open things up for Torrey Smith. Uh, if he does have anything left in the tank, you know this is going to be the year for him to show it. 63, you got a huge question mark here. This is a giant boomer bust type pick. Kevin White from the Bears. Uh, injuries kept the seventh overall pick out for the last two years. Uh, majority of the last two years, he played like four games last year. But, um, you know... You just don't know. You know that there's talent there. You know that the Bears want him to succeed, and they're going to be trying to put him in the starting position and trying to get him on the field as much as they can. Uh, you just don't know what he's going to be like after those injuries. 64, which is this is it's crazy, because if you think about two years ago, he was the top 10 wide receivers, Alan Hearns. Uh, he was an absolute beast two years ago, um, but last year he fell back to reality, and you could have uh, Blake Bortles to thank for that one. 65 is Tavon Austin. Uh, he still holds value after the Rams signed Woods, and this is a guy who I hated last year. Go back and listen to some of the podcasts. Um, you know, they signed Woods. They acquired Watkins. He still should hold that slot role. They're still going to try to do all sorts of crazy shit with him, with doing end arounds and all sorts of stupid stuff. Uh, punt returner, kick returner. So I still think he gets on the field a lot. Um, I don't think that maybe the additions of Watkins and Woods help him, but not enough for me to rank him higher than 65. Oakski, you got anything on these guys? No, just thinking about uh, the the Bengals and their search for number two wide receivers. I feel like ever since like Sanu and Marvin Jones left, like they've had Tyler Boyd as a rookie they drafted last year. They were high on. Now John Ross is a totally different type of player, so we'll see if he can do it. But just uh, it's interesting that no one's been able to fill that role for for those guys that have gone on to be successful in uh, Detroit and Atlanta, respectively. Uh, number. Six, 66, Zay Jones, uh, a rookie for the Buffalo Bills. Is he a rookie? Yeah. Second round pick. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so with Sammy Watkins leaving, that's, you know, I don't know if that was uh, anything directly correlated to Zay Jones or they just stopped believing in Sammy Watkins. But nevertheless, Zay Jones should get an opportunity to be on the field. 67. Dave's wide receiver sleeper of the year, bunches of funches for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Dave must think that uh, Cam's going to be throwing up to funches, where I think he's going to be throwing it up to Benjamin, uh, like they like he was Benjamin's rookie year. I could see it going over to funches, and if you get him this late and it ends up happening, that's a great gamble. So uh, don't disagree with him as as maybe your last wide receiver pick off the board. Uh, Sixty-eight, Kenny Stills. Uh, this is this guy is Mr. Drops as well. Uh, he he is tied in, uh, so I, I'm staying away from Kenny Stills. He's a he's a guy that has maybe four touchdowns, and and trying to pick which game he's going to do it is next to impossible. 69. Uh, this guy was a fantasy darling for maybe three or four games. I feel like it was the beginning of last year. Germs Curley. Uh, now with the 49ers, uh, you know I think they do have an established 
average number one and, and Pierre Garcon now who's more of a possession receiver. So Curly could stretch the field there. Uh, nothing too exciting, but uh, he's there at 69. The guy I just mentioned uh, that Cincinnati can't replace, Mohamed Sanu. Uh, Atlanta has, has so many targets and, and miles to feed there. I think also Hooper has a big year uh, at the tight end position. Plus they're going to throw the ball to Freeman, uh, Tevin Coleman, and, and obviously Julio Jones. So I just don't think there's enough targets for Mohamed Sanu, but he, do, he does certainly have the talent. Uh, and they're also going to feed Taylor Gabriel in a, in a Tavon Austin type role as well. Dave, any thoughts on these guys talking up your boy Funches? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I, I mean, I, I shouldn't say he's the wide receiver sleeper of the year. I think he's a guy who, you, if you get him in the 15th, 16th round, you could get a ton of value for him. So when you think about it, he only played in three wide receiver sets last year in Carolina with Ted Ginn, and he was getting drafted in like the 12th, 13th round last year. This year, Ginn leaves... And Funches is getting dra- – he's, like, ranked down at the very bottom. Like, it doesn't make sense. His average draft position dropped, and he's getting a more uh, ex- exposed position in the offense this year. So I think that I I really like the value of Devin Funches right here late. Uh, you know, get him late in the draft. Moving on to number 71, you got Juju Smith-Schuster. I love saying his name. New number three in Pittsburgh. The only reason I have him on this list um, – is if because uh, Martavis Bryant hasn't been fully reinstated yet. Martavis Bryant doesn't get reinstated. Smith Schuster is definitely a guy you want to look at. If Bryant does get reinstated, I'd kind of stay away from him and just kind of keep him on your radar on the waiver wire. Number 72, Mike Williams from the Chargers. Uh, just makes the cut here. Had to throw him on the list just uh, because he's so talented. Um, if you have an IR slot in your league, he's definitely worth a consideration. Um, he could be, you know, Oakski talked about how good the, the San Diego passing offense is going to be. He's a huge, big, tall target that they have there. And, uh, you know, they, they got him top 10 pick in the draft. I think Mike Williams, uh, if he gets back healthy on the field this year, he could make a big impact. So worth a late round stash if you can afford it. 73 is Kamar Aiken. Um, he's only draftable if Dante Moncrief is unhealthy, which he is right now. So keep an eye on it. And if Andrew Luck is healthy, so keep an eye on it. So if Luck comes back, he's good to go for the beginning of the season. And Moncrief is uncertain. Kamar Aiken, former uh, Baltimore Raven, holds a little bit of value there. And then here's our, our boy to round out number 74, our last guy, Detroit Lions, Kenny Galladay. And not just Detroit Lions, but NIU Husky which got a little soft spot for us right there. But uh, he's been making a lot of noise in the preseason. He was making a lot of noise before the preseason even started uh, in training camp and OTAs. Uh, he scored two touchdowns first preseason week, so all the hype kind of lived up to it. Um, if he has more big preseason games, uh, I could kind of see him his draft stock going up a little bit. Uh, but as of right now, he's a rookie third or fourth round wide receiver. You still have Marvin Jones. You still have Eric Ebron. You still have um, Golden Tate. Uh, you know, I'm not selling the farm to go get Kenny Galladay in like the 12th round or anything like that. So um, he's a guy, kind of guy you could look at late, kind of last round pick who might turn out to be something good. Got anything on our last uh, four guys here, Oakski? I agree. Uh, I was not even going to bring up Kenny Galladay on the podcast just to keep him that much of a secret. <laughs> but uh, here he is. 
uh, two touchdowns in his first preseason game, burst onto the scene as much as he can in, in a week one preseason game. But uh, <clears throat> people have been talking about him, and, and he certainly didn't disappoint there. We'll see how it goes the rest of the way. You know, like I said, in Detroit, it, there's, you know, who's going to get the targets? Uh, it could end up being Kenny Galladay. And absolutely shame on me for not even knowing he went to Northern Illinois University. <laughs> wow. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Yeah, that's that. how relevant our football <laughs> All right, well, that rounds out our wide receiver rankings. Uh, as always, injuries, stories, things like that will always change our, uh, the rankings and our, our perceptions on some of these guys. Um, but that's where they stand as of right now. So we'll be, we'll be back with you guys in a couple of days uh, talking about tight ends. That should be a pretty quick one. Not many tight ends to talk about, but um, we're going to go ahead and rank those out for you guys. Um, if Remember to tweet us at Gods of Fantasy if you got any questions comments let us know what you think uh we'd love to hear from you guys love to get some of your questions to answer on next podcast um and we'll be back with you this has been a presentation of fantasy gods fantasy football and remember to tweet us at gods of fantasy